42 of Book Off Banter. This is the second of our special episodes and this time we're joined by Dr. Diane Fisher. Um, She is Beta's first Chief Medical Officer and also a keen dressage rider who is currently being graded for para dressage. We would love to hear about your horses, obviously, always, and your (laughs) role with Beta. Oh, thanks, Katie. And thanks, Krista. It's so, honestly, I'm a massive fan. Like, I've listened, I have listened to this since the very beginning. So I was, like, proper starstruck when you, like, messaged me. I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. <laughs> but, yeah, so, um, yeah, I'm the first chief medical officer, which is quite exciting for Beta. So what we're going to do is, like, try and make things a little bit safer if we can that's kind of the the remit um that's definitely a good idea isn't it for horse riding it's always good good, isn't it and get some research going with the national um trauma databases and stuff because my day job is a major trauma consultant and emergency medicine consultant so i work within trauma every day um but we don't really collect any specific equestrian data. And a lot of the equestrian safety stuff is kind of based on motorbikes. Okay. Not on records of um, equestrian injury. And the mechanisms are quite different. Yeah. So that's kind of the plan is to just get things a little bit more up to date, um, have a bit of a push on safety and just all around make things a lot better, which is grand, which is grand. Yeah, that's because. I guess like you can see where they're coming from with a motorbike but then like there's so many different types of falls isn't there off a horse whereas I'd imagine a motorbike fall are probably going to be quite similar they can do some pretty they can do some pretty uh, spectacular things I was there I used to cover um a motorbike track in Wales in Tecois which was ace I I did it because I needed money I was so poor um (laughs) as a junior doctor I was really poor um because I had two kids and I was on my own and it was just like it was actually I had more money when I was a student than when I was a blinking qualified doctor but anyway so I used to work there for cash at the weekends I hope the tax man never listens to me <laughs> I, I don't think we're tax man sort of podcast let, let's fair. hope let's hope <laughs> but yeah and then what's really weird about that is if you do ever do any of the medical cover for like eventing as well like you see the people do it because yeah. you don't, I don't normally see them do it, do yeah, I? Yeah, you see the aftermath. <laughs> They're just yeah. broken. But like when you actually see them, and when you're sat in this, like at the track, you're like sat in the car watching them going round, and then you're just like, oh my god! Like you see them fly through the air and hit the ground, and it's just you know they normally hit the ground, get up, and then go down again. Yeah, um, I think they're trying to run away. I'm not quite sure what they're running away from. But. My my dad, my dad was a bike racer, um, and he his his stories are pretty. Yeah, yeah, horrific. Pretty nasty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then you know your heart's in your mouth the whole time. It's hard with the bike racing though because they've got to wave these flags to get everyone to say stop racing. Yeah, you've got to get this, and so you're there like in this. It's like a you know like a pit stop lane. So you're like in the pit stop lane in the, in the fast response medic car, which my husband used to drive for me. And I used to be like, slow down, slow down. <laughs> I was just like so stressed with his driving. And he's just like, oh my God, I'm on a car track with my car. Like, come on. <laughs> Living his best life. <laughs> he's like, Tom, 
Tom Cruise in Top Gun there. Yeah, he's loving it. He, uh, he had like the shades and shit on. Like he was loving it. <laughs> oh, he was cool as Murray glasses. Arm out, you know. And then I'd get to the bloody casualty and I would literally be, like, honestly, I was getting out like grumping. Like, what, have you nearly killed me on the way here anyway? <laughs> and then like running over to someone that was like face down in the mud screaming or, you know, or not saying a lot, which is all, always a Worse. bit yeah. worrying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and deal with them. Um, but yeah, it's weird to see, like, if you see them do it. I hate doing event cover. I've, I very rarely do any now. Right. It's yeah. too stressful. Yeah. It's and did it stressful. ever affect your nerves watching, like, other people have falls? Um, no, not really. I was really nervous after I, when I came back to riding, I'd had an accident and, um, and that's how I've ended up having to grade for, for paradressage. And I was really, I, I was proper nervous you've never seen anyone as scared as me and I had two horses at the time so it was ridiculous like I was shaking like some kind of wobbly jelly on a plate the whole time and having multiple vodkas before getting on so was the accident off yours off your horse no it was off the wall I was drunk oh well I had a few drinks yeah I fell off a wall oh my god and just smashed up my leg well, we'd gone to the Isles of Scilly, like we were camping in the Isles of Scilly and it was just after I'd qualified. So it was a bit of a celebration, you know, single parent does good and all of that. It was, it was, a, it was a big cello. And then um, there's a pub on this island on, in the Isles of Scilly, I think it's St. Mary's, that's called The Mermaid and they make their own beer. So I'd had a load of that. And then we had, like, we were camping on the top of this garrison. So you had to go up loads and loads of steps to get to it. It was like, we're too drunk. Like, we're not going to get up there. <laughs> So some sparky person was like, oh, yeah, let's go over the beach and then just climb up the cliff. Well, obviously, that's the way to go, isn't it? So that's what we did. <laughs> and um, I remember getting to the top of the cliff and the top of the wall because it's this like garrison. And I was like, oh, I will never forget. I was so relieved because I actually got to the top and I was like, oh, OK, this is good now. I'm, I'm not going to kill myself. And I actually did say as well, I'm up and stepped off thinking the path was level with the wall. No, 50, well, probably about 15, 20 foot drop the other side. Oh so I just God. went straight down. What an idiot. Oh, horror, like. Yeah, it was harsh. Then the I, I, do feel, I do feel like every event rider and show jump at this on Saturday night party and then attempted to get out of their lorry at two o'clock in the morning <laughs> yeah, to go yeah, for a peak definitely. and probably relate to the story. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, probably. what a horror though. I'm so gobsmacked. I think I just completely assumed it was a riding injury. Like it- no, 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 totally not riding. Totally not riding. But it knocked. It did knock my confidence riding because I'm so when I I'm so much better now than I was. Like you know I've had 17 surgeries and whatever, and Jesus. you know I'm like partially not me because I've got somebody else in here as well, and I'm not psychotic. Uh, there really is somebody else inside me. <laughs> so um like. I was so unbalanced, you know, and I couldn't, I still can't feel, but I've got kind of like used to the nerve damage, but I couldn't feel. So then I felt really unbalanced and then I felt really, really vulnerable. And then I yeah. was proper scared. You know, a couple of vodkas. I thought I was Charlotte. <laughs> you know, come on, drop on. You know. <laughs> I was like, you know, going across the arena, loving life then, but I did need probably three or four neat vodkas to uh, put my legs over. But it does go to show that, doesn't it? Like somebody who works in such a 
a sort of difficult and fast pace and, and sort of high octane career as you have but still in all you know even with what you have to face on a, on a, on a daily basis even what you work with you know you're still not immune from no, no. you know struggling yourself on a horse and I think people who do struggle with their confidence they could beat themselves up so horribly you know and they and they shouldn't um, no, no. and it just goes to show that no matter how sort of superhuman you are no matter what you do like you're not immune I think loads of people make that mistake, don't they? They look at other people. Like people have said to me like, oh, but you jump like affiliated. So you must never be nervous. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like I'm- You can before I get on. Like, especially a few years ago, I was ill the whole way. And I think that's the thing. You look at other people and you think things are so different for them, but they're not. Like we're nearly, I'd say every rider will at some point have, you know, struggled, won't they? Yeah, I mean, I was, I've got to be honest, like I was really shocked because, I mean, it was kind of not helped by the horse. I had had a fall off off my first horse, but I'd, I'd overhorsed myself. I'd gone back to riding proper and bought a four-year-old who is amazing and I love her dearly, but she was sparky and she had, unknown to me, kissing spine. So obviously that was a problem. And I was nervous and unbalanced. You know, it was never going to go down well. That was Difficult. a bad combat. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then so Fish bought me another one, um, Siddy, my my dapple grey. And then within five weeks, he was diagnosed with kissing spine as well. So they both Gosh. ended up having um, spinal surgery <laughs> and I had another operation. So we just all got better together in the barn like because they were box resting. I was on a rocking chair in the middle, you know, legs <laughs> stuck out, iPad. And we just watched numerous box sets together. So yeah. it's all been fine since. But yeah, I mean, I don't think it matters what you do. And, and you, most people, even if they're, they're going to be nervous because they're competing anyway, if they're bothered about the result, yeah. surely. No one yeah. goes in and going, yeah, this is, I mean, I get nervous at work. Like, don't get me wrong. I get nervous at work. Yeah, that's but what I you don't really think about as well, isn't it? Yeah, no, I do. Yeah, but you can't, like, I cannot. It's a game, it's just game face, isn't it? It's game yeah. face. Yeah, 100%. So have you still got the same, those same two horses? Yeah. And I just got another little baby one because Siddy had a few issues with lameness. So um, I've got those two. And then I've got a little baby um, Irish cob who I adore. And she is the dude. She's a dude. She's everything I ask her to do. She just does. Yeah. She just does it. And she's only a baby. I was really worried about like all the lockdown and everything. Cause I'd only just bought her just before. And stupidly, like my mate phoned me, who's an eventer, and he was like, I've got the I've got the perfect horse for you. I was like, okay, how much is it? Oh, no, no, it's not not much, not much. And I was like, right, okay. <laughs> He's going, it's four. I said, nah, I don't want it. I don't want another four-year-old. I know yeah. what I did wrong last time. I'm not doing it again. No, 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 this is the perfect horse. Come up and ride it. So I was like, okay, fine. I, I, he'll keep phoning me, so I may as well go. So I traipsed off up there, got on this horse, took it out. And she was cute, like, and she is cute and she's nice and took it out for a hack, went off on my own or whatever. And then he was like, oh yeah, it's never hacked out on its own. Isn't she good? And I was like, oh, thank you so much. But yeah, so I got her and then I've done so much more with her throughout lockdown. Cause I was worried about riding in lockdown. Not, I don't think there was any issue with people riding in lockdown as long as you were riding within your capability and yeah. you know if you're a dressage rider don't go to try and learn cross country in the middle of lockdown because yeah. we're a yeah. busy, you know we're busy so so but, is she but, gonna do dressage yeah i think so i think that's the plan but i really would like to jump so i don't know but i kind of had put in my head if i can get the flat work sorted 
because I learned to ride as a bit of a gypsy rider, to be honest. We just used to get on ponies and go. We You're probably really natural then. Yeah, well, yeah, I think I probably, yeah, I don't know. I think I'm not very good, but it, I find it very hard to do all the, do it properly, because I just do, you just do it, don't you? Yeah. yeah. So um, learning how to do movements and whatever has been quite tricky. And it's quite tricky when you can't feel half your body. That's Yeah, that yeah. must be, re like, how do you do that? Like, so for lateral work and things... Yeah, well, so I went, I took myself off down to Pammy Hutton at Talent and oh I have God, regular lessons with, with Pammy. And because she's got such experience with para riders. Yeah. And she, so I'll learn movements on the schoolmasters. Yeah. So I know how that feels in my body and then I can bring that back That's to my cool. So that works. It, it works. And she, you know, she kicks my ass. But I'm good with that. I'm, I respect her and I'm good with that. So it's all good. She comes across as super strict. I think I'd be quite scared. I, I just, no, she doesn't scare. I could see how she could be scary. Um, but she's got heart gold. Absolute heart gold. She's a kitten on the inside. And do they ever She'll ride your horses? To listen teach? to this. She'll be like, I'm no kitten. <laughs> <laughs> do they ever teach your horses things um, like if they don't know a movement yet? Yeah, so that that was the plan before COVID that I would then start taking the horses, but then COVID hit. And then we had the first, I led the response for two hospitals up here. Um, and then the, then obviously there was a bit of an unlocking, wasn't there? Yeah. Um, but I yeah. just, I, I, I had stuff booked and um, to go. And I just phoned them. I was like, I, I just can't come. Like you're in green or whatever it was then and I know that I intubated a COVID positive patient yesterday how can I come to you knowing that I genuinely could touch that saddle and put it have an outbreak yeah, yeah. At, at, I just couldn't do it no. so I was like I'm really I felt bad because I cancelled but I was like I just can't I can't do it because I know how high risk I am as yeah. a, like a carrier essentially because people moved away from us in the supermarkets, you know. It was fabulous. If you if you wanted to get to the mill, get your NHS face mask on. There was like parking the way. <laughs> them lot. Like, excuse me, I want some milk. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, well, it's a treat. Tell you. So your plan is for para para dressage, and you have to be graded for that. Yeah, so I've done I've done the first bit. So initially, you have to put in all your medical information and all of that, and and your doctors and your scan reports and your operation notes and everything all have to go to the FEI. So all of that's gone, and they've looked at it and gone, yeah, this is a problem, and so that's fine. But then you need a physical grading, but okay. obviously with COVID, yeah, it's not happening. What does that? Do you know what that entails? I have no idea, and I am so dreading it yeah i'm so dreading it i don't know what they do like do they electrocute you to see if you can feel it or <laughs> i don't know they'll be it's there and be like, like gloves on up to here and a cattle prod <laughs> you'd be like no no it's, then, i'm good i'm good <laughs> no i'm fine I'll, I'll ride normal I'll, I'll ride normal um and then they and then after that they come and watch you ride so okay. um yeah we'll see it'll be it'll be a you know whole new chapter i suppose for you with your horses 
getting yeah. through that and then when you know COVID assuming COVID settles down and you know yeah. who knows what's I think, coming um, but I don't know if I, ha- I I haven't got the right horses to do it and that's I think Pammy just even just by discussing my horses I, I know what she's saying I probably haven't got the right horses and I'd have to go and look for a paradressage horse to be competitive like and will but, you do that do you think or yeah probably yeah yeah probably if, if I get graded and I've got a chance of, of going, like I'm pretty driven to do yeah. well. So I would be looking at trying to, you know, I want some of them shiny things. For sure. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah, definitely. It's all about the rosettes. Should we all know that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you're not getting the rosettes, then you're not going anywhere. It's true. So um, you're at the moment trying to educate riders on the things that they should say when they go after one of their inevitable tumbles <laughs> yeah yeah those tumbles are yeah. tricky aren't they yeah so I got a bit fed up with doctors not knowing anything about equestrian stuff and it's kind of not their fault like if they haven't grown up and they haven't ridden then yeah. why are they gonna know they're not and it's as much as medicine I always think is a is a different language to people so so is the horses like people don't understand what you're talking about yeah, yeah and it's not like it's on every Saturday is it so like football so that they'd have an idea of what sort of thing you do so I kind of started off by just educating all the juniors that I had and everyone that's worked with me or works with me is really good on equestrian injury anyway because they're like oh it's a horse one it's a horse one <laughs> okay do you want to just see them then that would be grand I can't see all of them um and um and so I just thought there was a, a, a girl that came in and you kind of most departments, you come in and you kind of parked up like, and then you work out, do you need them? We kind of triage you then and say, right, do you need to go into the resuscitation room? Cause you're that unstable. Do you need to, you know, could you wait an hour? Could you wait two hours? Could you wait 12 hours, whatever, you know? And it, because of the way that people go, Oh no, I just had a bit of a fall they were going like for the longest time mm-hmm. and they would have the injuries of somebody that came off their motorbike. And it was just getting me really cross because if they had described their injury properly, then they would have actually gone straight into the resuscitation room. It, not saying that they're unstable, but it's yeah. the way that you assess them. So you would assess them as a major trauma. So they would have a team around them. You would, if indicated, scan them, and you know it's yeah it got on my goat so I decided to like try and do something about it so I thought well I'll go the other way I'll try and educate the riders so then I started the Instagram and the Facebook page it's going all right it's going all right where could people find that um that's all the king's horses and that's on Facebook and Instagram so we do um I do a rider clinic once a month from my barn where I'll either have somebody on that's had a nasty injury and then we'll sort of talk about it and then they'll say how they've got better and whatever. Um, and we'll, t- we'll sort of focus on that injury and, and what you could do to potentially help that person before paramedics arrive. Okay. Um, and then we have, I just do a post once a week on kind of like something, a bit of a nugget that's interesting or somebody's asked, can I know a bit more about whatever? I mean, that's so- for sure. That's something that we all should be doing, isn't it? Because you know, we're all likely to be injured or be around someone that is. And like, I'm really shit. And like, my whole family is like medical and so is Ben's. But if anything happened in front of me, I'd be like, shit. See, <laughs> I'd be okay. I'm okay with people. I'm dreadful with the horses. I am the hysterical flapper. 
Oh, and the other way around. Horse stuff, I'm like ice cold. Ice cold. Loads no. of time to think. I'm fine. But humans just gross, they just gross me out, if I'm honest. I'm like, well, your bone is sticking out. <laughs> I feel a bit queasy. <laughs> um, please don't want it. Nobody down. Rubbish. Um, I'll get someone else who might be more able to help you. So I'm on the other way around. <laughs> No, I'm totally the other way. I look like somebody that somebody's just tipped, like somebody off the um, jungle, like they get me out of here. Like I'm literally like, like hundreds of spiders all over. Then I'm like, oh my God, it coughed, it coughed. That's what I'm like with mine. Like I was talking about this on like the, um, the podcast, I think we've just put out, um, where Pancake's got cellulitis. And I was like, he's done a tendon. Oh my God. Like ran, but I was like, he's done a tendon, he's done a tendon. And Ben was like, oh here we go again like yeah when it's mine I am completely neurotic but with people I would just be totally clueless wouldn't be that I was necessarily freaked out I would just be like can I offer you a yeah. this I, there's only a few things that I don't like like I, I hate choking I hate choking oh. it's a thing it's a thing I don't like and I get really a little bit twitchy with children walking around eating that makes me a bit twitchy we had this with Henry um Henry ate an eclair probably about a year oh. ago he was sitting down and he just suddenly, and it honestly, it was the look in his eyes. Yeah, it's terrifying. And thank God my auntie was happened to be there, who's a nurse, yeah. but it took her ages. And she said like, she was panicking. She was starting to think like, shall I go and get a pen? And like, or are we, are we gonna like get him to hospital? Like, oh my God, it was just- What was she gonna do with a pen? Right? Like, what's she gonna do with the pen? You're not she happy with the Claire's. Um, <laughs> oh, and a Claire's sweet, not yeah. a cake. No, oh, no. sorry, I was thinking cake as well. Yeah, what's no, like one me? of the toffee things. Oh, oh yeah, no, that's, oh, that's bad. Yeah. yeah that's so bad. the other day, um, he came in and he'd been with um his nana, and he said, um, oh, I had a pear drop, and honestly. Me and Ben, we both were like, you're not allowed to, you're never, ever allowed to. And Ben said, when you're 20, you can have a sucky sweet. Until you're 20, absolutely, <laughs> we are not entertaining any sort of sucky sweet of any kind. Mm, like, because that's one of those things that like, we both said, we'll never, ever forget that look in his no, eyes. It's, it's a nightmare. Mm. It's all from my daughter choked in the car, but we were in, oh, it was a nightmare. So we, I'd given her... A dairy, what are the white ones? The Milky Bar kid thing, you know. Oh yeah, Milky white, Buttons, uh, Milky Bars. Yes, yeah. uh, yeah, so I'd given her one of those in the back of the car, and I'd taken her to a safari park with with my with my two kids. And you know, I had to save up for this stuff, so they were supposed to enjoy it, and they just <laughs> bickered the whole way through in the back. I was fuming. Anyway, so we get to go through the lions, and I'm like, fabulous, we're going through the lions. So I gave her this. They're still bickering, so I gave them sugar to shut them up. And the next minute. I just heard this like gurgle and I was like, oh Christ, she's blue. So I had to stop the car and get her out the car seat in the back, but I was in the lion. With the lions. <laughs> oh my God. And this man is screaming at me, get in the car. I was like, she's choking. I can't get in the car because I had to get her out to oh my God. You know, bash her on the back. Oh, it was very stressful. I've never oh, been to a be. safari. <laughs> Um, oh, I just clients to... would be like, is she getting out the car? <laughs> well, she's giving us, she's giving us a little, little toddler to eat. Yeah, With chocolate. <laughs> um, I just have to interrupt here to say that, <clears throat> obviously, I'm in my car recording. I'm in Ireland, 
and uh, naturally it is now pissing with rain. So I have to apologise if the audio oh. is crap from my microphone. I'm really sorry. I did not think of, think of this. Think and I don't know why either. I didn't think of it living in a country where it does nothing but rain. So, Oh my anyway, God, sorry have we found a weakness in the car office. office? I think we have. That's disappointing. So do you have any like tips for riders if they're faced with an emergency? Yeah, well, yeah, well, you'd hope so, wouldn't you? But you know. <laughs> um, I guess you've got to stay calm. You know, you, you need to stay calm. And there are, some, there are some bits and pieces that are probably useful, I guess. So rather than just necessarily, like, obviously you need to go and check out the person that's hurt themselves, but just be sensible about it. You know, check it is safe for you to go across. You know, if the horse has gone one way, if it's likely to come back and then you get injured as well at the same time, you need to, somebody needs to take control of the situation really a little bit, you know, yeah. get somebody to go off and, you know, um, round up the horse or whatever and you get on. Um, the biggest thing I'd say, particularly for out hacking and stuff is, um, you know, plan. If you're going out, let people know that you're going and ish what time you expect to be back. Um, obviously carry a phone, but there's a really good app called um, What Three Words. Okay. And um, it's what the emergency services use. So it's, um, it's really useful to have on your phone. So you literally just um, put the app on and you press it and it will give you three words. So when you phone the ambulance service or police or whoever, you give them the three words and they, the app people have mapped the whole world into three meter square boxes. So your, if you do your house after this, you'll know what your three words are for your yard and your oh house. My God. Cool. Um, and then they, they know that you are within this three meter box. Um, and that's we incredible. use find people. Yeah. Um, you can use, that's the other thing people say, oh, well, I had no reception. You know, if you need to phone 999, your phones will all, if you're on, I don't know, O2, and there's only three reception, your phone will let you phone. Like, so you can okay. always phone 999. It will always get through. So okay. there will be coverage, even if, I don't know, Vodafone don't cover it. It will go through on an O2 line. So um, a lot of people get very stressy about necks and moving people, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so... I've done some stuff on the page that shows you how to do jaw thrusts so that you can open up airways without a lot of movement around the neck. Yeah. Because neck injuries are not uncommon in riders. So, yeah. I mean, I guess the tip is follow the page. You'll learn all about it. Yeah. That's this a, is, that's yeah, that's crap. true. Go when on, I broke my arm, um, that when you're saying about people being really preoccupied about like neck and back injuries, this woman came racing over. I mean, obviously, bless her, she was trying to help. Um, and because I was like on my side, so yeah. I was lying on like my broken arm, and she Ow. knelt on me to keep oh. to keep my back still. Oh no! And I was saying to her, "Your weight and my weight is on my arm," and I heard my arm break. Like I knew it was broken. Um, oh, stop! And she was like. <laughs> I have to keep you still in case you've got a back injury. I was like, please, she wouldn't get off my back. She was on my back the entire time. Yeah. All she needed to do was hold your neck. Like, just hold your neck. That's it. Like, you know. I was telling Ben this and I said, it's hard because when you're injured, people assume that you're completely irrational. And like, whereas I was like, listen, like, if 
you would stop demanding a piggyback at this point, <laughs> things would be a lot easier. Yeah, I mean, usually people will put themselves into if they're if they're awake and you know, and it is an isolated injury. It's usually better to let somebody find the position they're most comfortable in. Yeah. So dislock shoulders and stuff like, you know, they'll come in, they're holding it, you know, and then everyone will go, oh, well, let's put that in a sling for you. Well, there's nothing worse because they don't want to let go of it because they're automatically holding it in the most comfortable place. So, you know, if they're not injured anywhere else and it's an isolated thing and they are like, no, please, I want to stay like that, then just let them let let them be, you know, otherwise they may knock you out with their good arms. (laughs) Get off. 100%. What are the most common types of things that you see coming in for horses? um, A lot of, a lot of head injuries, obviously. Um, Spinal injuries, the serious ones are spinal injuries, head injuries. Um, If they've, it depends on how they've done it. Like um, obviously, sorry to say cross country is obviously usually the worst, Um, but I've got to say the majority of, this is just anecdotal, but the the worst injuries I've ever seen have not been from actually riding. It's been from on the ground because none of us have hats on. No, that's true, actually. Yeah. Um, and, and it's normally, I mean, we had a lovely girl on the rider clinic um, a couple of months ago um, and she had a awful liver injury and it was on the ground. Um, so the really bad ones, I mean, there obviously are really bad ones riding, but yeah. you know, majority that I've seen have been on the ground, either leading a horse or, you know, or just happen to be in the way of something. That's but, yeah, so weird yeah. because how many people would get nervous about handling one? Like say one of mine is an absolute bastard to clip. I'm never, ner- I'm like, oh fuck, I've got clipping, but yeah. I'm never nervous about clipping him. Yeah. You know, whereas like riding, you can get really nervous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're probably less, you're probably more vulnerable on your horse that you're clipping because yeah. you're in a really high stress situation for the horse and probably for you as well. So, it, it, you know, and you're concentrating on trying to do that, you know. You, yeah. Do you, do you put a hat on and stuff? No, because I no, always no, think no. I'll get hairs in the hat and then it'll be yeah. really cheap. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I would have to advise that you wore a hat when you're clipping. <laughs> obviously, obviously, I do. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's it's usually the unexpected, isn't it? Like you know, you know, if you're getting on a bit of a gnarly horse, you're expecting it. It doesn't mean you're not going to get trounced, but you you're probably a little bit more defensive in your riding, aren't you? Yeah. So you yeah, know, it's those Definitely. those ones where you're not expecting it, and that's when you tend to get hurt. Yeah. One of the ones that really, one of the things that really freaks me out is, you know, we all, when you're getting up on even old horses, more experienced horses, in some cases they're actually really worse because, okay, young horses can be a bit discombobulated and they're tripping over their own feet or whatever. But older horses, especially when you're warming up or cooling off or whatever, and they're relaxed and they're stretching or they're not really paying full attention and you haven't got them, you know, particularly on the aids because you're either just warming up or you're cooling down. Tripping. When they trip, oh my God. It's, it's, horrible, like, yeah. it's horrible and it's you know they go to save themselves and then they trip themselves <laughs> up more and it just i had a horrible accident with a horse cantering did that no it wasn't oh, no. actually cantering it wasn't warming up and cuddling down but yeah the more it tried to save itself yeah yeah the worse it got and eventually it flipped up 
and it oh. landed on top of me and it knocked me out because it tripped in canter and it did its dead level best to save itself and it wiped us both out. It, oh. it, it you know, silly things like that, um, that you never really kind of think are going to be an issue. And then no. just the most random thing that a horse would trip over its own feet. It was that American. And people have had horrendous accidents. Wasn't there? Yeah. Who, was it Candace King? Was that her name? Yeah. And he- a massive head injury. Her, yeah. yeah. Horse yeah. tripped, but yeah. she'd no helmet on. No. Do yeah. you see less and of I, 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 less, yeah. of, less of people not wearing. Yeah. 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 Uh, for yeah. riding, yeah. I for think riding, it's yeah. less of a thing I think now. It's, it's less of a thing. That I think it used to be that people thought there was a bit of a feeling, wasn't there, that if you were really good riding, you didn't need a hat on. Yeah. It was the people that weren't very good that had a hat on. And I think there's probably that bit of stigma around body protectors as well. Yeah. yeah. It is there. It is there. But do they make a difference? Of course they do. Of course they do. But, um, you know, that's kind of this research stuff that I'm sort of setting up now. That's where we'll find out actually how much of a difference they make. Um, okay. You it's know, quite good in but, show jumping now because I mean obviously the air vests have been in, in, around and eventing for the last number of years mm. but now we're seeing a lot of upper level show jumpers are mm. starting to wear air vests and because they're show jumpers you know they don't want to wear gangly old air vests so now that there are new innovative products coming in that are like incorporated yeah. in a smart show jacket and stuff yeah, so it's not exactly. as obvious but I think that it's really good so I, I've mentioned it before but like Danny Starwin for example you know really really prolific rider really you know upper level rider and she doesn't ride without one and I think the more that that happens yeah. at the upper level yeah, in different sports not just eventing because eventing it's like oh you're gonna cross country you're a lunatic anyway trying to kill yourself of course you need to put an air vest on yeah, yeah, but like yeah. You don't associate the same risk with upper level show jumping, although to be fair, I mean, you know, you can still have a horrendous accident show jumping. Um, but it, the more that it creeps in across other disciplines, I think that it's going to be, it, it, it makes it, it, you know, it it's almost more cool now to take care of yeah. yourself. Like certainly when I was growing up, you were a bit, you know, you're a bit pathetic, a bit wimpy or whatever, if you needed to wear sort of additional protective stuff whereas now it's a very different mindset that I, I i think i think it relies so much on the pros doesn't it like i think charlotte yeah. made massive strides for the dressage riders when she yeah, with a helmet with yeah. a tail coach yeah that was like you know unheard of really wasn't it for a dressage rider yeah. to wear like a proper hat I mean, there was a rule in dressage, you know, when you wore the top hat thing, there was some rule, wasn't there, that if it came off your head, you had to get off and get it back on within however many seconds or something. Oh, my God, really? <laughs> I, mean, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, you had to me jump neither. off. Somebody was telling me the other day, I was like, well, so, so, <laughs> minute. so you, <laughs> your top hat's come off, you were cantering along. It's probably the other side of the arena, which, you know, could be 60 <laughs> metres. So you've got to, like... It's almost like a bit of a, you know. Is it wrong that I really want to see that? Like, imagine Carl Hester, like, sprinting, (laughs) like, dragging, like, his horse along behind him. (laughs) And then bolting on. the Krypton factor to dressage. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would sound great. (laughs) See, those are, like, the horses at that level, you know, without doubt, those horses are going to be sharper horses, aren't they? So when do we wear the less protection? well, we're the best riders, so we don't need it. And we've got the stallions and everything else. I mean, it is ludicrous, really. Yeah. But you can but guarantee like, if someone's top hat blows across the arena, the horse is going to absolutely snot itself. Yeah. And yeah. Sp- spooking at the top hat that's flying away. 
which in itself is its own irony, you know. Yeah. But Charlotte did like you know that made that's made a huge difference, hasn't it? I mean, to me, they, it's ridiculous that they're wearing top hats. They just need to be BD from my perspective. Just need to say no, like you know, come on. Yeah. In your role, will you like when you've got the, all the evidence and the research, will you be able to approach? Um, sort of... Yeah, I think there may be a few emails. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to try and uh, I don't want to like shock them all too early, no. but to me that's it's just silly. Like you know, it's a co- it's a cos it's a cosmetic thing, isn't it? Really, is it cosmetic the word? Yeah, yeah, aesthetic or whatever. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And they do look beautiful. Like don't get me wrong, you know, it's part of me that is slightly jealous, but you know, it's just you know, if something happened, then. It may not have. It may not have had you know life changing effects if they just had their normal hat on that they wear probably at home. So yeah. it's that's it though, isn't it? It's what you can live with. You know, like you want to yeah. wear your top hat and tails because you want to look you know super cool or whatever. But then you have an accident, and now you can't do that anymore, and your life has changed beyond all recognition. And whilst no one can ever say that wouldn't have happened if you've been wearing a helmet, you certainly have done everything you can with what's available to you to protect yourself from the front end. And that makes it easier to live with the consequence if you know you've done as much as you can. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, of course it does. Of course it does. Because if we see people after they've done, you know, they've got significant life-changing injuries and it's because they've been a bit stupid. Doing they have to live with that now. They are so, I mean, most people, are, if you have life-changing injuries, you know, people are pretty angry and it's a really difficult stormy road for them and uh, and i've seen many people that will be well i would have rather died i don't want yeah. my life as it is now but if you're then wrestling with if i had only or why did i do this because yeah. like you say the consequences can be huge like you don't want to be blaming yourself at the same time you know not yeah. really difficult yeah it is so so yeah i'm gonna ban top hats yeah <laughs> good yeah, I mean, I was never going to wear one anyway, so like, there's no danger. Well, I want to wear one. <laughs> I'll, I'll buy a rocking horse and wear one, eh? Yeah, just get a picture. That's all you need is a picture. Yeah, exactly. Facebook picture and you're in. Yeah. No, you see, I'm I'm show jumper. So for me, it's just as big a hat, so there's more room for like sequins what and is glitter. What is the new thing with the hat with the great oh. big like? Yeah. Thing? What is that? Katie, please tell me you have got one of those. <laughs> with a massive big visor yeah. thing around the front have you got not the what? massive but um what is it for? is it for, i heard it's for the sun in florida yeah. but it's not, it's in not florida it's not very sunny I'm, in newcastle <laughs> <laughs> yeah does it at least stop the rain dripping down your face does it do a, does it a double job situation does it well, do anything I don't to know prevent don't other weather know. conditions i don't know that i would let it go out in the rain all oh, right. Okay. You not have well, to like yeah. ride with your neck up, like so you can see, because it's obscuring your view. To be honest, sometimes I don't want to see where I'm going. <laughs> 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 um, I haven't got the massive ones. Yeah. I don't really know that you don't see them as much over here, but it, it, it is like a. Yeah, Ben yeah. wasn't keen when I told no. him what I wanted. He was like, no. But no, more room for glitter. <laughs> I have a very more room for glitter. Yeah, I, I have a very unfortunate shaped face, and it's more unfortunate for you, Katie, at the moment doing the podcast <laughs> from the car office because you get a lovely view of my double chin and fat neck. But I have a really unfortunate head shape. It's only a very certain, you know, certain types of helmet that actually 
don't make me look worse. Like the bar is low. They don't have to make me look good, but they also have to not make me look worse. Um, and I just, I just can't, I can't imagine. Maybe I'm missing a trick though. Maybe if I got one of those massive big visors. I was just about to say. And sort of like just tip my head down a bit. People mm. wouldn't see my my ruddy cheeks and my double chin. Is, maybe I'm missing a trick. Maybe because I should just. I really don't see in. hats like massively you know like or glasses or anything really actually I look really minging in them so that I my theory is the peak will just hide more sins I, I think this I think you might be on something because I'll tell you what I wanted on. years ago like years and years ago you know when protector hats were the thing um they're kind of like shiny like yeah um, I really wanted one and I, I think I asked for one for my birthday or something and Ben took me to the tack shop and I put one on my head and he was like I can't let you go out in public looking like that as uh, much as you want the hat Katie take it off it. your head please <laughs> I, I, I had a bit of, I had a bit of an experience like that as well when I was eventing um, very briefly uh, there was a helmet that was sort of like a motorbike helmet shape yeah, that came onto the market for horse riders, and Ruth Edge wore one for a little while. Um, and my mother, God bless my mother, decided that this was was the thing, so she got me one. Now, bearing in mind that hardly any of the other eventers were using them, and then on top of that, I'm eventing in Ireland, so it's an even smaller mm. pool. And I thought I was, you know, I thought right, Mum had told me to do it, and it was easy to just wear it and argue with her. So I got it and I put it on and I managed to sort of like wedge a hat silk on it. These things were huge. And they came down and they covered your ears. Yeah, I remember it. Oh my God, it looked like such a dickhead. Jesus. But I was like, like okay. You look like R2-D2 with that on your head, wouldn't you? Yeah, but you know what? Actually, really, really weirdly, and it was something that it did, it did make me realise how much you rely on your hearing when you're riding oh. without realising you rely on it. You know, like if you're riding a sharp young horse or something, you know, yeah. you'll hear something in the periphery and you'll already be sort of prepared for that but you won't even have had that conscious thought process yeah. you couldn't hear with this yoke because it was down over your you couldn't hear a thing <laughs> not a thing like and oh it was just i only wore it for a short while i've got some photos of me wearing it going cross country it looks a bit mad but you have to yeah, share you know them Every, I I was gonna say, they've got to go on the facebook page if <laughs> yeah i was down down in the cross country warm-up and they laughed at me they were actually oh. laughing at me and i was caught oh, in this really I was caught in this really bad trifecta between wanting to stay alive and not die, <laughs> having to tell my mother I wasn't going to wear it, or live with being the only person in the entire country eventing with this monstrosity on my head, and they're all laughing at me. So it was a really, really bad situation. I'm sure it was partly why I gave up. <laughs> That's such a thing, though, isn't it, for safety equipment for riders? Like, it has to, it has to fit with the sort of look, you know? It's so important yeah. to riders to look good. Also, like, look how much time we take over our horses. And like, yeah. I mean, I've stupidly got a grey, but um, like, think how much time you take over your horses and how they look and, and what you wear and, you know, and then you can't have some great big, like, gonk yeah. on your head, can you? Yeah, it was, it was, oh, it was bad now. Yeah, it was bad. Oh. That's probably why I'm a bit phobic about the visor, but you are right. I think if I got the angle right with the big visored helmet, I could probably hide a lot of sins. That would be good. You could have a veil. You could have yeah, a veil I could. That came down. That, yeah, I could. Yeah. I'd look like one of those 
mad people in the desert then wouldn't i with the yeah. you know the ones with the with the <laughs> flaps all around the but keep the sun off the back of the neck and the sides and the insects off the front this is no one who I was though then really good <laughs> no one would know who i was which would be quite cool you could have the shittiest day ever at a show and they'd be like who was that oh it was that widow with the hat thing or who is she not a clue yeah but then you're but always you going to be the widow one, they may like call you like the black widow or something you'd get like a name wouldn't you for that yeah well we actually have a lady uh lady in ireland who murdered her husband who's commonly known throughout irish because it's the black widow so i wouldn't be able to be no that way. i've yeah. also been told that i look i look exactly like her i've had messages oh. on social media telling me i look like the black widow so i, I might have to sit that one out and let Katie yeah, yeah. yeah what I'm about a pink veil? veil pink is fine yeah i love pink that's yeah. good yeah the pink widow might do that the pink widow yeah sounds better oh. doesn't it yeah. it's much more cheerful <laughs> <laughs> so i think we got completely sidetracked it was probably my fault um <laughs> with the pink but, widow <laughs> yeah I, I get very excited when to start talking about sparkly helmets um, <laughs> um when riders go in they they downplay everything that's oh, massively massively yeah. so um so that's part of like the big the big education part that i'm just trying to push is that so that because it, like a doctor won't even understand what you're talking about if you like if you just say oh I've fallen off my horse they'll just think that you've kind of like slid off like, yeah like rolled yeah. off a twelve two pole yeah. walk yeah and it, and it, and if you think if you were jumping if you think about the height that you're up on the horse already and then put the jump in yeah like you're at quite a significant height so if yeah. you said to them oh I kind of fell off my horse and you know, I'm feel a bit short breath and I'm a bit like whatever. I got a bit bellyache or whatever. They'd be like, oh, kind of, you know, potentially, oh yeah, that's you know, not that bad. Because as soon as you say, does it hurt? Oh no, no, not really, no. And and the problem is as well, you we never come. We don't come. I can't tell you how late people present with stuff. I had one woman who um I can never forget her, who well, I had one not that long ago who um had driven in with a pelvic injury oh that's me i did that did you? yeah <laughs> yeah yeah Have i've you. done that yeah. you'd have got a right royal bollocking off me and i deserved <laughs> it too <laughs> but again like and she had i mean she's another one like she had picked her kids up from school she had mucked yeah. out she had brought her horses back in and then was like yeah it is a bit sore it's like yeah yeah, yeah. so you're not going home because <laughs> you're going off to uh, she was going off i wasn't at the hospital i'm at now you're going off to the tertiary center to have your pelvis fixed which is bleeding honestly nightmare so they're not rocking up so it's about learning how to describe your injuries correctly because then if actually like if you have slid off in walk that's fine isn't it yeah but if you have been say jumping a massive ox or whatever and actually you know you've come off and then i don't know the horse is partially come down and you're whatever like you would be treated completely differently so we we want to minimize missed injuries and we want to you know minimize late discovery of injuries because potentially you know they're, they're life-threatening some of them and most people that are riding are pretty pretty fit you know they're not you know they're not like 90 where it's really obvious that they're going to be unstable so they compensate for a long period of time before they start you know yeah. becoming bit unstable so you want to know about it and you want to understand the mechanism so it's that trying to get this common language between medicine so what, what would we say with that like 
we so I think being able to describe how many meters you've fallen because no one's going to understand hands yeah go to some I don't want to be disparaging about my own profession but a normal doctor and say I was on a 16-2 horse yeah. they it's got nothing them. yeah they have no idea at all um so I would try and describe the height that you've fallen on in meters okay um if you were jumping if you've been thrown away from the horse because that's actually that's like that's like coming off a motorbike at speed isn't it yeah. being thrown out like that's that's a, a like ejection like that's a that's a that's a big deal okay velocity is the thing we don't consider because hey one of the worst yeah. accidents i ever had was staying on a horse one you know that was going a bit schizo at speed and um it was worst one of i said one of the worst ones i ever had and it wasn't the height it was the speed and the impact yeah. Yeah, we and tend to think that unless you're falling off from a big height, it doesn't matter. But the, the velocity is a, is a thing. Yeah, and people never say what they fell onto. Yeah, like they never say what they fell onto. So you could have fallen onto the jump. You know, you could have fallen onto what was that was the ground hard. You know, was it soft? Yeah. You know, that it it just you need as much information as possible to be given across. And then most people are a bit stunned, aren't they? Like when we come off, we are a bit stunned. Yeah. So you know, did you actually have a loss of consciousness? You probably don't know. Because you may yeah. have had, and you may not know. And concussions are like it's a it's a really big thing, you know. It's definitely being seen more so now because of all the work that's come out of rugby and the NFL. Like, you know, we definitely know a lot more about concussion now and how vulnerable your brain is after a concussive injury. So, although you might not have anything that shows on a CT scan with a head injury, the cells in the brain are so unhappy from their shaking that they've had all of the um sort of neurotransmitters in those cells the levels go really high and not in their normal level so if you go and knock your head again within you know a short period of time you could end up with a massive injury from a really small knock so yeah. it's really important that we kind of you know can advise you properly as well if it's something that you can go home with so is that something that you want to educate riders with kind of yeah because that we're notorious, aren't we, for completely ignoring yeah, yeah, we're bad. absolutely all and I'm medical just advice? As bad. Like hands up, guys! I am just as bad, yeah. just as bad. But you know, it, concussion it is, is is a big one, though, and, and I think that it's something that we don't respect enough as riders. Yeah, no, no, we because don't. we we're hundred percent that we bang ahead and might feel a bit crap for a day or two, but we don't respect it enough. And I certainly fell into that category. I had a horrendous accident in two thousand and eighteen. A horse tipped over backwards on top of me. And I ended up with multiple fractures in my lower sacrum. But at the time, I didn't actually know that. But it was, I hit the back of my head very hard. And the horse obviously landed across me. Um, and I had, at the time, I had a very good owner and I had some very nice young horses. And I had no idea that I was concussed, absolutely no idea. Um, and eventually, so I, I managed to get up and I managed to, I, I had done my pelvis before and I kind of, figured that I had damaged that but nothing else registered with me and so they had a friend of mine had 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 come into the yard and I said she's a horse after room backwards over on top of me and you know I don't I don't feel brilliant my pelvis is quite sore I think I'll get that x-ray later on gonna get that checked <laughs> and she was like right and I I didn't know at the time because from your perspective you're completely fine mm. but I insisted on riding two more four-year-olds Despite the fact that my pelvis at this point was now really hurting, I, I rode two more four-year-olds because I had this really good owner and I didn't want to let them down. Mm. Rode the two four-year-olds and eventually they were like, listen, this is ridiculous. You need to go to hospital. 
because they could see that I wasn't okay, but I couldn't see that. I thought I was fine, but they were like, no. So that was fine. But at the time I was doing a coaching course through, um, through Centre 10 in the UK and I had to make an international payment that day and it had to be done that day because it was going to be a late payment otherwise and I was worried about losing my place in the course. So I said, right, fine, I'll go to the hospital, but we have to go via the bank. So after this international transfer, like it has to be done today. They were like, what the fuck? But they said I was not aggressive exactly, but it was easier to just go with it than to get into a stand-up row with me. So I, and again, I thought I was fine. So I got into the bank and, and by then the adrenaline had worn off a bit and I, I started to really hurt. Yeah. Um, and I went over to the international transfer machine and I, it, then I got sort of some of the way into doing that process no idea what and it occurred to me that I was going to be violently sick mm. and so I stood there but because my pelvis was really hurting I couldn't run so then I had this really ignorant thought process of like oh I could just be sick in my handbag and I was like no Jesus Christ no mm. so I managed to make it outside and that was fine and at this point the person who was bringing me to the hospital was like you can you just stop the shit just get in the car for, for the love of God get in the car and I, but I haven't made the payment they were like just shut up took me to the hospital and I walked in and as I walked in at this point I really was in a bad way and as I walked in the girl at reception got up and walked away and I was like starting to cry because I knew I couldn't stand long enough to tell her what was wrong when she came back (laughs) then I was going to be sick again so I turned around and I was trying to scrape hobble my way out the door (laughs) and I walked straight into two paramedics and they were like what's happened to you I was like oh a horse ran over backwards and topped me and they were like did you call an ambulance and I'm like no and they're like why not Jesus Christ (laughs) I'm like that's not that bad of an accident and they were like oh my god I was so lucky because they rushed me through triage then and then they got me in and at that point then I was fine but like what an absolute moron but I thought I was fine everybody else around me you're not a moron though because the thing is that that is the thing like you lose the insight because your brain has had a really good shake and the frontal lobe is not functioning properly because all of the neurotransmitters are at the wrong level so you won't think properly so and you like you say you weren't aggressive but you get personality change that's quite common yeah and what really what transpired from that then was that when I hit the back of my head I I immediately began to suffer from really really loud permanent tinnitus in my left ear I've had it ever since um and it, it as as things began to unravel I couldn't see a stride anymore I couldn't park the car and that went on for 18 months and they in, in along with the ENT they discovered that I had up to 50% hearing loss in the left ear and they kind of felt that it had come from you know damage from the impact when I hit my head um and I had to have vestibular rehab for quite a long time because one eye would work ahead and the other eye would just be kind of half staring off and not you know the two eyes were not working together and it took a really, really long time. I did a huge amount of dress stars in 2019 because I couldn't see a stride. I just couldn't do it. My confidence was I so wrecked. Wrong with me. <laughs> I don't think so. But I, I literally had no idea that all of these things were something you could go through from, and I mean, by, by the fall I had was bad for me, but by no means bad from what you're seeing on a daily basis. And it really screwed up my life for like 18 months. Yeah. Um, and it, it's, again, like I said, there's just not enough respect. I wonder if a lot of it comes from the, when you start riding, it's like, if you fall off, you get back on. Yeah, yeah, I think it does. part of me was thinking, is it like a bit of a British, like, you know, I don't want to make a fuss, I don't want to make a fuss, like, I'm fine, I'm all good. Because, like, if I went in and said, listen, like, I've just fallen off, like, a 17-1, 
maybe jumping like a 110 and I've like, you know, smacked into a wing, I'd feel like a bit of a bell end. I'd be like, oh, I'm making a right fuss and causing mm. a scene. But then also I think it is that like you get like you get up and you get back on. Kind of like yeah. you. So I um fractured my skull at home. Actually silly, like same silly fall. Like um I'd hung an exercise sheet on the gate and it blew as the young horse went past it. And she just jumped to the side, but I was cooling her off. And so I had on the book lens. So I kind of just like exactly. sailed, yeah, just sailed off the side. Um and had like a CSF leak, which I've had before. Wow. <laughs> and so Ben's mum's a nurse. But I got back on the horse, carried on, got off, untacked her, put her away, like rugged her up. And then I thought, I feel like, you know, this isn't very good. And I bent down and stuff started pouring out my nose. Jesus. Um, so I came in and I said to her, I think I've done it again. And she was <laughs> like... <laughs> right, get in the car, we're going to hospital now. And I was like, I don't know if we need to, like maybe if I sit for a while, but that's Ben's mum's like really, she's not about that. She's like in the car. So she dropped me off at the hospital. (laughs) And this is where you're talking about how to talk to doctors. So I went in and like, I said, okay, um, I don't know if I fractured my skull, but I'm having a CSF leak. Um, So... I'm just here because my mother-in-law said I need to come. And this doctor obviously thought, like, who the fuck is she? Like, what do you know? I'll tell you if you've got a CSF leak. Exactly. And he was like, mm-hmm. So they made, I, I was in the waiting room for ages. Um, and then, like, I got asked all these questions, like, sitting up on the bed. And, and eventually he said, do you think you could produce some fluid? And I said, oh, yeah, sure, look like bent down so was just <laughs> pissing out on a oh, like, my oh my god lie down like are you all right <laughs> well I've been here for about an hour at this point like I don't know why you're getting all excited now fella um he was like we'll have to get you a scan I was like all right then but yeah similar to you like I was fucked up for so long after that and yeah. I actually rang like I don't know NHS maybe or so, I, don't, I rang someone I can't remember who because god I was so like so ill one day I was just lying on the floor after I'd ridden and they were like well you shouldn't be back on a horse yet <laughs> like why are you ringing us to tell us about you you don't feel quite <laughs> quite the thing <laughs> so I do, I do feel sorry for the doctors because I think they must just want to go for fuck's either stop riding or like can you just be a bit more reasonable like why did you have to get back on the bloody thing well people just want that's the first question though isn't it it's the first question as soon as you tell them okay so you fractured your collarbone and that they don't even go okay they just go well when can i ride yeah (laughs) yeah and also they'll take what you say and then half it that's my that's kind of yeah my factor is usually like we'll aim for half that and if we can improve on that brilliant (laughs) <laughs> although I, my... I was just as bad I was just as bad like after I'd had my surgery when fish parked me up in the barn I hate it you know if you're there I, I have to skip out if they poo I can't cope with it so um he was like don't skip out or anything just watch the box set so I'm like yeah 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 of course I will of course I will well I crawled with the <laughs> scoop thing 
because I just couldn't cope. And he came in and he was like, what are you doing? I was like, <laughs> crawling. <laughs> like going, well, she pooed. He's like, you're, you're dragging your surgical wound through, through a stable. Through a clean stable. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Clean. Yeah. I, I broke my wrist three years ago. Um, I got tipped off backwards and I broke, put my hand out to save myself. And yeah, I broke my wrist and it, it was a stable fracture. It was no big deal. It was just a bit sore, but it was fine. But I got a cast and that was grand, but I had no help in the yard or anything. She was having she, so I sort of figured like it's in a cast, a stable fracture would be fine. So I was kind of doing what I could in the yard. And then after a few days, it got really loose because obviously I was moving my arm muscles the whole time and the padding inside the cast got packed down yeah. and eventually I was able to slide the cast off I thought oh, fuck I better get that recast <laughs> four times in four weeks I had to get that recast and the fifth time I went in there the guy who <coughs> was doing the plaster cast was like listen I'm not putting another cast up just go away I'm literally every Monday morning you're in here and not, just go away yeah so I that was it it was fine but uh we are like a different breed I think yeah is there anything that you would like to pass on to riders? Is there any sort of, as a doctor, but also a rider, is there anything that you think, oh, I just wish, like obviously probably seeking medical attention earlier rather than um, dragging yourself in with vomiting in your handbag. Imagine dragging yourself in like lurched five days. Oh like, God. Yeah. Not ideal. Um... I think just be, I don't, I don't know if there really is, to be honest. I think just learn, like, just, just take a bit more responsibility. But I think that's, that, that's just my thing with medicine after COVID. Like, you know, just, we just need to take a bit more responsibility for ourselves. And I, I guess my other thing is not really about safety. It's just like, you know, you, there's two athletes. That's my big thing at the moment. It's my big drive for me. Like there's two athletes in this and I spend all my money, all my time and all my energy on my horses mm -hmm. and I, I do nothing for myself. So I'm trying really hard to like look after myself. And there's so many things that people like everyone that rides has got like bits of broken bits that they've managed to fix a bit and, you know, we'll take some glucosamine or, you know, just be sensible you know, yeah. and look after yourself a bit more. And definitely learn how to describe your injuries. Yeah. Learn how to yeah. describe them. And go, like, go. You know, yeah. I don't want to see you all the time, like, you know. <laughs> go the to NHS Milan. is suddenly going to be overwhelmed with horse riders. Yeah, can you imagine? Can you imagine? That would be a nightmare. They'd be like, that bloody woman, that's it, she's sacked. <laughs> It'd be awful. So the but, yeah, and don't be just recorded. Sorry, the episode that we just recorded is oh. about kind of what you've just talked about, about how riders look after the horses and not themselves. Yeah, because it's a it's a big thing like and, and most and I think just generally like people have had to with the pandemic, they've had to look after themselves better. Like they haven't been able to just default to GPs or default into A&E in the way that they have. And there has been like that. Like, don't get me wrong. There's been issues with that. You know, there's been more people iller from chronic stuff and there's been um victims of covid that haven't died from covid without doubt but there's also a large proportion of people that have had minor bits and pieces like ill illnesses you know minor sort of viral stuff that instead of running immediately for help you know that have managed to cope with stuff so 
it's um we're, we're getting back to normal now like numbers are going up yeah people yeah. aren't quite so scared so you know things are getting better and you know just to reassure you like our our covid numbers are decreasing dramatically so which is really cool well like i mean it, you know that's such a positive it's because amazing. those will be back soon and really that's all we're interested in isn't it <laughs> well, that's all we're interested in however today what has happened today because i've booked the... to go out straight away indoor and... thing yeah i know when what i read that i was like oh fuck the riders are going to rebel. Boris isn't going to know what's hit him, is he? He's not going to know what's hit him. I've seen that one particular horse rider is talking about going down to number 10 on horseback. Honest to God, my first thought when was like, they're going to stage some sort of outdoor dressage and show jumping protest, aren't they? You won't let us yeah. indoor. <laughs> right, fine, Boris. <laughs> Watch this. I know. Yeah. So I'm, I'm demoed because I have. I've booked like for Friday, next Friday and Monday. Yeah, to compete. But yeah, you're um, all spoiled in the UK. You got loads of venues of indoor schools. That's poor devils over here in Ireland. You've got like one <laughs> venue, one primary <laughs> venue with an indoor school, and the rest of the time we have to slum it outdoors anyway. So, you know. <laughs> no. so you've got no sympathy. <laughs> These no, not really. <laughs> we can't go indoors. Well, I wonder what it's like to go indoors. <laughs> but yeah, well, it's a problem for where I would be going because if if they like don't change it, then there's no warm up. Because the yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like if I've just missed it, or if it like why why is it suddenly so close to it? I have no idea. Because I was kind of like this like little roadmap or whatever it is it a roadmap whatever he's called it yeah was set out ages ago so i know what, and it, like, well, it says on the it says on the british equestrian stuff that basically they had negotiated a kind of a description of an indoor school to be i don't know i'm probably getting this wrong and people will god i've got so many messages but have said that they'd negotiated this passage to go in the regulations or whatever and then the government has agreed it all. And then literally they've published it and it's not in there, which means okay. that okay. it's all off. Right. So they're urgently seeking clarification on Monday. I'd like to know, you know, I need to start, you know, getting nervous. I mean, come <laughs> on. <laughs> yeah. I need at least five days of panicking every night and packing and unpacking. And, and the NHS need to yeah. brace themselves for all these horses that haven't been anywhere. Oh. And all these riders that are oh, now going to be God, like, yes. we have fallen off and we are demanding treatment because we're not just going to... Because I am just The NHS will be doing like standard issue neck straps for equestrians, yeah, <laughs> along with face masks and neck straps. <laughs> well, I'm a major trauma consultant next week and I'm not sure that's a good idea because it's going to be carnage out there, isn't it? I'll be like, oh, another one. Oh, yeah. that's another one. I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Not ideal. Not ideal at all. Oh, well, I hope uh, I hope the horses go well. Which one Which one are you taking? Uh, I'm taking Wynn on the baby on the Friday and then Siddy, my dapple grey, my normal competition horse on the um, on the Monday. But he's just a slug. He's, so, he's such a boy. You know, he just... We'll see how he feels. So you're Sometimes it's, likely to go out and be like, oh my God, we've, we haven't been out for ages. Well, 
No, no, um, no. Well, he might, because he's a bit sensitive. Oh, say if he sort of thinks in his mind, oh, I might spook at that. Well, then he'll like go, oh, I'm in so much trouble because I was going to spook at that. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> but you didn't actually do the spook. But now you think I'm going to do something because you've thought about doing the spook. Well, I've never done anything to you anyway. So what is your actual problem? <laughs> and it's like, oh, he's honestly just like, it's okay. Just keep going in a straight line, dude. It's all good. Life's good. Keep going. And he literally sighs then. He'll be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Wasn't as bad as I thought. I might have overreacted a tiny bit. <laughs> I didn't do it then. No, you didn't do it. It's okay. Keep going. We're all good. We're That's all good. so true, though, isn't it? Like, you find yourself as a rider, like, you know, say, like, Manny will have a nervous breakdown because there's a blue flower or something. And then I'm like, it's okay. You did so well. That was really brave. Yeah. Like we got past it. You tried your best. And actually you think what you should be saying is for fuck's sake, you are 74 <laughs> and that flower is blue. Like just because it's blue, we didn't need to have a massive reaction to that. The yellow one you walked past, like, yeah. I mean, like flower racism, like it's just ridiculous. <laughs> like. <laughs> and we must be like all in a stride. She shows them up, like she shows yeah. them up. Because, you know, she just kind of goes on. And actually, got to be honest, out of all of them, she's she's got, she's got, she's a big moving horse, like, for a little horse. She's got a lot in there. You're like, when I first rode her, and we were just literally walking, you know, that whole, like, like panther walk with the, yeah. like, the shoulder act. I was like, what the hell is this? Like, I've struggled to get my own biggies to do this. And she's just like, yeah, I'm all over it. And so what's forward. her, like, what, what is she and what height is she in? She is, uh, she's 15 three, uh, 15 two, 15 three, and she's just a little Irish cop. She's a dude. Yeah. She's an absolute dude. Sassy yeah. as you like. I took her to one of those, you know, you can go for those in hand Piaf clinic things. Yeah. And apparently it's quite good to get them to kind of sit back a little bit and whatever. Oh my God. If you're ever going to get in a fight, you want her on your team <laughs> because she was just giving it like, get off, get off, like this the whole time. Kick. My God. And he was like, she's got, she's very sassy, isn't she? I was like, well, um, yeah, she's on my team. That's all I'm going to say. If we're going for a scrap and in a gang, she's yeah. on my team. If he isn't, he'd be crying around the back of the chip shop. It's a gelding Winners, thing. Right out the front. Yeah, it's funny. Well, Katie's horse, Bougie, had a fight with a skip once. He did. He's quite, he's quite a sassy dude, isn't he? He's quite he is, yeah. Fat. He's not. He's not as wet as like most of the geldings, but most of the geldings are like they're super, super wet. Whereas the mares come out and they've just got that like, bring it on. It depends on the it depends on the mare though, because bear is like Lara Croft in Tomb Raider. Like it's just you're not getting away. That's it. Um, whereas Ping is very melancholy, deeply <laughs> offended by things, and she has to dwell on things a lot. Um, so it does depend on the mare. Um, yeah. yeah, if Most someone was do. trying to get Ping to do PF, she'd be like, oh, they're whacking my legs. I might as well chop them off. <laughs> poor, yeah. Ping. Poor, poor Ping. <laughs> Ping actually does a pretty good line in PF when she's very startled. Um, <laughs> and I always quite enjoy it when something you know, goes past in the motorway, it's a bit flappy or whatever, and she takes off with the tail over her back. And I'm like, look, I'm doing PF and pass. <laughs> oh, bless Yeah. But yeah, no, for everything else, she's a bit. She wouldn't be your one in a fight now or anything. She'd be like, no, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. No. Whereas Bear, Bear would just kill whatever came in her way or flatten it or something. So, 
I mean, obviously, I'm not teaching this like four year old cob to do to PF, but I was just trying to get it out to whatever I could get it out to in the time that I could get it out. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And when it opened up, I was like, any clinic, it doesn't matter what it is, yeah. we're there. Yeah, in hand stuff it can be really good though like i even just basic stuff i sell like i always used to be there's a uniquely irish thing well i, well, I mean i think it's a uniquely irish thing is when you're taking a horse to a show for the first time you just get on and get on with it and it doesn't matter how death defying it is how mental it all goes how many paramedics you potentially may need it doesn't matter yeah. you just get on the horse and get on with it because any other option is just too you know you're just fannying around now you're being being a yeah. bit of a wimp and I did this for a long time and, and I, like many people in horses, I, I, I don't enjoy the warm up and never do. And this just made it worse. But even even basic and hand stuff like taking young horses to shows and let them just stand there, watch yeah. the warm up, watch horses. It's brilliant. And I don't know why it took me <laughs> most of my life <laughs> to, to, to come to this conclusion. But it's it's amazing what you can do with them on the ground. But actually, like the proper, you know that's proper, like... When we was when we were saying about why do you think riders are the way they are, and saying like about you know you talk you fall off you get back on, I wonder if that's a lot of it as well. It's that like you, it's not cool, is it, to sort of be like I'm fucking shitting a brick here. No, so no, you you're like yeah, I'll take this young horse like to its first you know competition. I'll take it straight round a British novice, even though you actually in your own head are like this is fucking bad shit like there's no way this is gonna work yeah yeah but you don't yeah, want to yeah, say yeah. that and like you know you'll get on it in the warm-up and it's like turned into some sort of rodeo bull and you're like yeah we'll still go in the ring yeah what could go wrong like it's fine it's all good it's all good it's like sweat dripping down your spandangly hat <laughs> I think it's worse when you're not sweating. You know, when you're sitting there and everything's going all colours of south and you're not even <laughs> able to sweat. You're not even able to sweat. It's just that's when it's gotten really bad. No, I couldn't cope with that. That would be far too stressful for me. It would just be too much. No, I don't no. mind the warm-up. I don't understand whatever. Maybe it's because my warm-ups that I go in, I'm just oblivious to the whole thing. I, I, don't, I don't... Everyone always says about the warm-up. What's the crack with the warm-up being awful? Oh, I don't like the warm-up. Because I don't like it, it, there's too many other things going on for me to concentrate on me and my horse. So okay. like I don't want to be coming to a fence and then suddenly someone else's horse spooks near it. So my horse has lost its concentration and then Oh yeah, but you see you're jumping in the warm up. There, there you go. There. See, I'm just trotting around. Yeah, I, and then I don't like they keep putting the fence like massive and then I feel the pressure of like if I don't jump that, I'm not gonna get a jump before I go in. But if I jump that, I'm probably going to die and not go in anyway. So, like, which is the lesser of two evils? Yeah, same. I'm the same as that. Like, if you're warming up by yourself at a show, it's that. Like, it's literally that. You either have to go with what's there or not. Very stressful. Stick to dressage. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah, but that <laughs> on your itself... little Irish bob, there's no drama at all. You just pot around. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, you say that, but like I, I, I took both my horses to the national championships in 2019, and uh, my little mare was they, they did two tests in each category or each class. And my little mare, Bear, she was she'd only been competing for like three months at the time, so it was kind of a, I suppose it was a big ask in its own way. But it just she ended up being the last to go in the preliminary championships, and that was in the arena right beside the Grand Prix, and so she was warming up with all the Grand Prix horses, <gasps> and she had only been competing for such a short while and she was so green and so inexperienced. Yeah. And there are all these 
big fucking foreign <laughs> tank bull things doing handstands and tempi changes and every time I was sort of like trying to dodge one another one would shout at me and I was like just oh was she was yeah, so that- good I was so proud of her because there's plenty of other horses wouldn't have coped but yeah so it's yeah on the one hand dressage warm-ups a lot of the time are, are, are fine but and then you just get senior sort of upper level riders and they're doing their big ass medium trots and stuff and they sort of they don't have to really say anything. They just sort of stare at you and they're very intimidating. They kind of usually stare down at me. Like, look yeah. down. Yeah, yeah, very intimidating. I just look at their top hat and go, yeah, whatever. Just wait till you fall Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You'll be, yeah, you're looking at me that attitude then. Yeah. Um, so thank you so much. I am oh, no, absolutely 100% going to download that app because I've not heard of it. And yes, brilliant. Yeah, what three words it is. Yeah, that's yeah. that sounds really like that's really cool. So important because we're always in the back of beyond, aren't we? Um, you can guarantee yeah, yeah. when you fall off, you're going to be somewhere where nobody's going to have a clue where you bloody are. So yeah. I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to do that. And also, I think it's really important that we kind of take a bit more responsibility. And you know, if we can follow what you're doing on Instagram and Facebook, and that's going to help us, and also like help us to help each other because. If you're somewhere and someone hurts themselves and you're standing there like a bell end when you could have actually like provided some sort of help. By the, by the jaw thrust and stuff. Like I've I've brought two mannequins home. I was teaching all week, so I've brought two of the mannequins home because it's really weird having to do it over social media. It's like a really weird way of trying to educate people, but actually that's what the kids do, isn't it? Yeah. So you've got to try and get down with the kids, but <laughs> I, and I, I, they were like, what, what do you want them for? I'm going, oh, I'm going to make some reels with jaw thrust. They're like looking at me like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm so, oh. This is what, this is what people watch. So it's a way of kind of educating them in the way that they'll watch it. But there's just so many little things that I think will be useful. Like a jaw thrust where if you think obviously somebody's complaining of neck pain, but then they get a bit snorry that you can support their breathing and not move their neck because potentially if you move their neck, that could be disastrous if they've got, yeah. you know, a fracture in the neck. You yeah. know, you've got fractures that sort of, you know, three, four or five. If you move it too far, you know, they could arrest like that. Like, so it's, it's a bit larry. So if you just think, well, if you just, there's a few little tips or even if some of the stuff that you've kind of talked through it, then they think, oh, I remember that somebody did that. And then, oh, they just said, make sure you do this or, you know, just be a little bit more familiar with it. Yeah, having a bit of confidence, isn't it? Yeah. And also, as you said, going to hospital, you know, knowing the right things to say, as in, like, as you said before, the height that you fell from, um, you know, what you fell onto, that kind of thing. These are things that I genuinely would never have thought of because like that I just go in and I fell off my horse so I think that's hugely useful it's going to be very beneficial to to everybody to start to sort of think the NHS aren't going to know what's hit them when we're all going in I don't have no job am I give it another well I'll have to actually start charging B to them and be like oh no but the the first step is trying to find out isn't it you know and the more we learn the more ways we realize that we can learn more and that's applicable to everything so we'll see Fingers crossed anyway, see how it goes. So we're we're gonna add a wanker of the week in. Um mine is I think I've talked about it before on the podcast about that I continually wash headphones, which annoys Ben quite a lot, really, because 
he's permanently like, is this another new pair of headphones? So anyway, the other day I was being a really good housewife and I washed all the bedding. And then like, oh, I couldn't find, um, I call it the conch. So I sent my friend a message and I was like, I've lost the conch. And she was like, what the hell are you talking about? And I, I was like, you know what? <laughs> what you're sure the word for a lady part, but anyway, go on. Oh, really? <laughs> well, I was like, what are you changing? <laughs> she was like, oh, you mean the control. But she said, actually, her father-in-law, when she was like 17 and she'd met her husband, he had said to her, have you got the, have you got the knob? And she was like, you say, Sorry. And he meant, <laughs> he meant the con. a direct question, isn't it? I know. And she was like trying to be, you know, make a good impression at 17. And she was like, oh my God, no, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so for me, the conch is all it's ever been called. Apparently my family, uh, it's from Lord of the Flies or something. I don't know. I've not read it. But anyway, um, not that they had a TV in it, but anyway, Um so I was looking everywhere for it. And I was like, I swear I had it this morning. Obviously, I'd washed it. Because why would you not? Um, not <laughs> only had I washed it, I'd put it on like, I never do a boil wash because I'm just not that sort oh, of thing. No. I'd put it on like a 60 degree, three and a half hour cycle. <sighs> so it's the fire stick thingy. I'm not technical, but anyway, the whole job's fucked now. And Ben's very oh, disappointed. I mean, he was like, what? Why? Like, why do you have to wash everything? You don't wash clothes that often. Why are you going to wash all the other shit in the house? <laughs> Just popping Henry into for a quick second. Like... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Honestly, you don't leave anything around here. <laughs> so that's mine. <laughs> oh, I can do my one. So mine is a very old one, but it still makes me laugh. And it wasn't, it, not me, but it was the funniest thing. So... When I was a surgical SHO, so a very junior doctor, we used to have to go to clinics and we used to have to see people in the surgical clinics and whatever. Anyway, we, me, my mate and I were revising for exams. So exams in surgery are a big deal. Like they're really tough. And um, so w- once you're getting closer to the exams, like every single patient you're seeing, you're almost doing it as though you're in these like vivas or you're in these um, OSCEs where they're kind of like watching everything that you're doing. So there is something where if you get, so if men get a hernia, then one of their testicles can become incredibly large or both, but normally one. And um, so there was this thing that you used to have to like shine the light on the side of the testicle to see, was it just fluid? So something called a hydrocele or was it a hernia? So, cause we were, cause our job at the time was curly rectal, so bowels and stuff. We did a lot of looking at people's bottoms because that's what we had to do with different instruments, like telescope things like that went up. And they had a light on. And there was a, there was this rule that you had to turn the light off the, the telescopey bit because the, the sticky outy bit went up the bum and then went in the bin and another one went on. You know, that's how it worked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she was like come in and I'm going to examine this guy and you can watch me. And then when he's gone, you know, then we can kind of talk about would I have passed the exam? So I was like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. So we asked the guy, is that all right? And he was like, yeah, that's fine. Oh yeah. Why not? And um, (laughs) gets everything out and he's got an enormous right testicle, like enormous. And I was like, well, that's, um, 
yeah, that's that's a, that's a problem. I can see that that's probably not right. And um, so she goes, right, okay, so I'm going to examine you and my colleague's just going to watch. Is that okay? Yeah, 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 absolutely fine. Anyway, so she picks up the light without the poly bit on, so just a bare metal <laughs> grid, and sticks it on the side of his testicle. Now, she had left this light on <gasps> for about four hours. Oh, God. Oh. And there was just this shriek oh. of agony, uh, smell burning. of burning, burning. <laughs> And this guy ran out of the room with his trousers Co- around his cauterized testicle. <laughs> screaming like, they're animals! They're animals! <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like, honestly, it is still, to the day, the funniest thing I have ever. So she definitely, for me, has won, like, a wanker of my life. Oh my <laughs> it's just like... And that poor man! Like... That man has got a cross on his right <gasps> testicle. Oh my god. How to make a bad situation way. worse. I mean... Worst. Oh, yeah. that it, that is horrific. <laughs> I know. It was I would really struggle then because I'm one of these people that like laughs when things are really bad. <laughs> that would be totally inappropriate in that situation <laughs> if I was just like doubled over laughing. There was a lot of tears. I was just so grateful I didn't do it. Yeah. I was so grateful. Yeah. I was like, I'm really sorry for you, but I'm just so relieved it's not me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it could be career-ending, so it, it's it wasn't me. So I'm just like, Christ, turning happy. a testicle into a hot cross bun is like <laughs> not just one. in time for Easter. Yeah. Very seasonal. <laughs> <laughs> I've not even thought about that. Yeah. Oh God, the poor man. What's oh. yours, Christy? You haven't done anything on that level, have you? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, so. Obviously, now we live in a very advanced technological era. Um, but I, I, as I grew up in the 80s and 90s, um, before we had uh, email and phone and or mobile phone and things like that, um, I have a morbid fear of recorded letters, registered letters. Um, in my head, you know, registered letters came in those days. They were bad. You were generally getting sued or something. You know, they yeah. were bad. And... Um, I came home the day for dropping the child off to school and the postman had been and I hadn't been here and he had put a notification for a registered letter that was waiting for me in the post office. Not a parcel, it specified letter. So it wasn't something I had purchased from a tax shop. <laughs> no, it was nothing good. And because, as I said, because I'm old, you know, and when I was growing up, um, you know, a, a registered letter was very bad. It was never anything good. So um, for whatever reason, anyway, I couldn't get to the post office until after lunch. Um, and I spent the whole morning absolutely bricking it, thinking, oh, fucking hell, what have I done? And I was like, oh, we're getting sued. No, I haven't had, no, I haven't done anything wrong. And then I was like, is it sort of a road traffic violation? I'm like, no, no, they don't send anything re- registered like that in Ireland. You just get it in the post, that's it. Like, have I knocked someone down? Like I went completely <laughs> left field. I was in such a panic. And I was like, if you'd knock someone down, the cops would come to the house. And she you know what I mean? Like, they wouldn't be sending you a registered letter to say, you mowed down Auntie Gladys two weeks ago in, in your local town. And now we need to discuss this with you. Like, you know, I was so freaked out that I just went way, way left field with it. Um, eventually I got to the post office 
and they went and they got the letter and they brought it back and I genuinely you cannot imagine my shock when I opened this letter and there was cash in it cash no I never ever go to the good thing first right I always go to the like the absolute maximum worst thing first because then anything after that has to be a bonus I had helped a guy sell a horse last year and I do it quite often and I don't do it as a service and I never ever expect anything return from it I'll have someone who's looking for a horse I'll have someone who's buying a horse I put the two of them in contact sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't it's just something you can do to help somebody else and again like I said I never would expect a thing from it I'm just happy to help somebody because I've been helped that way myself before um and it was this guy had sold one horse and I thought of that he'd sold one of his other horses and he sent me a hundred quid in the post as a thank you isn't that amazing? I was so chuffed, yeah. but I spent that. But the time I got it, I couldn't even really really appreciate <laughs> the joy. <laughs> I spent the whole morning thinking I'd mowed down someone's auntie or was going to be imminently in court for something I didn't know what. Um, yeah, so it was a nice surprise. So I'm an absolute wanker because, you know, I need to get out of the 80s mindset with these things for a start. Um, and you've got 100 quid to spend. 100 quid. Shop. Yeah, I'm going to lodge that. going to lodge that on Monday now. What bit are you going to yeah. buy with that? Yeah, I have to think about, about it. A good bit for hundred pounds. Yeah, I have to think about that now. So yeah, I was really chuffed with that, but like just all the unnecessary nonsense I went on with, really. Hundred percent though, hot cross testicle wins. Yeah, hands. Oh, down. winner, hands down, torch down, winner. <laughs> I hope he was married. Was he? Could you imagine like going on a date? You know, and getting to that <laughs> stage, and they'd be like, what, what? <laughs> what's so this branded yeah. <laughs> some sort of Texan cow <laughs> um, oh well thank you so so much like we've learned so much and I think it's really important yeah I've learned loads yeah mega no honestly it's an absolute pleasure and keep going you're doing amazing, doing amazing thank you very so much thank, thank you. you so much Bye-bye. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye Bye. now. Take care. Bye-bye.